Tune in to Gallif Radio, a Whovian podcast, every other Friday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following, the following, Journey into Comics, 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 Network, 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 Production, Production. Hi everyone, we're back with another exciting episode of Adulting Ain't Easy, a show where adulting is hard because we're all adults, we're all tired, and we're all just trying to do the best we can with life. And join with me as always, I'm Andrew by the way, sorry, joining me always is my fiance Liz. Hello. And Liz had a great idea for a topic to talk about today because for those of you who don't know this time of year is when a lot of people are going back to school whether it's school for themselves or if they're a teacher they're doing grad school they're doing all that and Liz had a great idea to kind of talk about that today so I'm going to kind of throw the ball to her yeah well especially because today is like the eve the lat the eve before the first day of school which is like I either for teacher or for student I feel like it's extremely stressful and filled with anxiety because you never know what you're going to expect. Right, Right. because as this episode drops, it's usually the first day of school for a lot of kids. Like, teachers Mm -hmm. have been back for a couple days now, and really, today, as Mm -hmm. as you guys are listening to this, is when it's... Everything's in full swing. Yeah, and I'm not ready for it, as a teacher, at least. And I feel like, since school is starting earlier and earlier, it's harder and harder for people to go back to school. I definitely agree. I'm definitely not looking for the fact that now that we have a house and we live close to a high school, is now that the high school's in field swing, driving to work is going to be fun, and now we're going to hear a lot more marching band and football practice and all that just because we're pretty close to the high school. Oh, but that's not necessarily a horrible thing. No, at least we're... It's no, only for the fall. It's only for the fall, and then it'll be quiet again. Then mm-hmm. I was on our way to I was like, oh, maybe we should go to the games. Liz is like... That'd be weird. Like, well, we're... neither of us went there, and we don't. We're obviously not old enough to have a child that goes there. So I feel like it's kind of awkward being like that community member that's like, "Oh, I'm gonna head out. It's Friday night. I'm gonna go to the football game," and it's just very awkward unless like you're going with people that, oh, they went to high school there, fine, or like, oh, your kid goes there, fine, or like you know someone on the football team or palms or whatever. It's just really very awkward if you don't know anybody. I definitely. Agree. I mean, I was also the one who went to, like, a high school production for a school that I didn't even go to. But that's just me and a friend of mine. So, but that's just the nature of the beast, really. Yeah. But speaking of, I know, like, speaking of going back to school, like, it's been a while since I've gone to school as a, a student. It's been quite a few years. I'm actually having, like, the high school reunion's coming up, 10 years, which is crazy. Liz has never really left school. Liz- no. Unfortunately. It just keeps haunting my dreams. <laughs> Not really. No, but, I mean, it's just, it's a, I feel like August in general, like, literally, then the first day of August comes around, I just, it's like this daunting, just, ugh, feeling. Like, this this feeling of dread, like, oh my gosh, now I gotta actually think about what I have to do for work, and, you know, different things that come along with it. Like, especially if it's, like, 
one of your first year teaching. Like, I know I, um, when I first started teaching, like, I didn't get my actual job until, like, the last week of July. Like, it was the last week of July towards the first week of August, and I was freaking out. And I feel like ever since then, that month of August has just given me such bad anxiety and it's because it's just like you just never know what's going to happen. You don't really know what to expect until you get there. I mean even what's nice about like the school that I work at is that the day before we do like it's called a meet and greet so parents and the kids come in, they find their lockers, um, they can walk their schedule and I like that part, but then also you, you have those kids that show up and then there's kids that don't show up and those are the kids that you freak out about the most because you're like, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know what they look like. Um, sometimes you, they're new and you have no idea. You have nothing on them. So it's just like that kind of anticipation to kind of get everything up and rolling. I wish, because I feel like the first day of school is just so awkward. Like you can't really start anything. You're just like okay, here's my syllabus, here's my expectations, and then it's like, what do I do after that? It's like, oh, icebreakers, wonderful, but then how many, really, how many icebreakers can you do through your whole schedule? Especially if you're a middle school kid, because you're probably doing the same thing over and over for seven or eight class periods, and it's just, it's... I don't know, like, part of me is just like, maybe extend the school year's not so bad, because then you just kind of have a break, keep going, have a break, keep going, but then I know if I were ever to go to a um, uh, extended school or year-round schooling, I would probably want to kill someone, because right. I don't know how I could handle, like, not, like, going to school during the summer. Like You do go to oh, school during the summer. Well... Yeah. It's a transition, because when you teach summer school, it's half days, it's mm -hmm. only a few weeks at a time, and it's not as in-depth and intense. And yeah. I think my, I think more of my anxiety this year is because I got, um, I'm switching positions within the special ed realm, so before I was more of a self-contained, where it was like, oh, it's just me I have to worry about, and like, my kids are with me all day long. Now, I'll be working with older kids. And it's more of a resource where I may not see the kids at all during the day. And that's something that makes me nervous because then it's like, well, I don't even, like some of, one of the kids on my caseload didn't come today. I have no idea what she looks like. So how am I supposed to like form a connection with this person if they didn't show up to the meet and greet and then I don't see her throughout the day anyway? Like, it's just very like, that kind of stuff makes me nervous. But I know... Once the first day or two of school go by, it won't be as bad. But just those jitters. And I feel like I was the same way um, when I was in school, too. I don't know about you. Right. When I feel came like... the first day of school. I feel like first day of school, were always like, all right, let's go around the room, introduce ourselves, tell us something random, or a fun fact, or one of those things like, what's a fun fact to you? I was like, I am left-handed. Oh, that's exciting. Or I can drive stick. Oh, that's cool. Like, And then you do the same thing in every class, and you're just like, and then, like, when you're in college, it's the same kind of syllabus. If it's you know, syllabus day, they go over the syllabus, and then you're gone. Yeah, like, the first the first day of school at any grade level isn't that exciting. Yeah. The only time it's not different is maybe pre-K. Pre-K might not change from one day to the next. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know how they really work. I've never worked with that young of kids before. Like, I've attended, like, my mom's pre-K class. I've, I've come in there, but I've never been there for a longer period of time to actually know how it runs. But it seems like a slightly more structured daycare. Mm-hmm. 
But there's probably more to it. I know Veronica on the on Foodies and a Gallif Radio and a couple of their shows on the network is a pre-K-8 as well, or kindergarten, I can't remember exactly what she is, but she might know better, and she might have her two cents on it later, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that it seems to be always an interesting transition from summer to a school year, and I know par- or parents and teachers and kids all kind of feel the same way going into it, it's like, oh, it's here already. Uh, yeah, well, in that sense, and then sometimes, like, if you're on any of, like, the teacher sites, I love them, because I feel like I relate to them so much. But, like, you see, like, at the beginning of the summer, it was, like, some schools have, like, the little, they put it on the their, like, school billboard and they'd be, like, tag, you're it, parents, because it's, like, hi, you get them for three months, but now it's, like, now it's that time of year where it's, like, oh, we return the favor, now we're it for, what is it, 38 weeks? I think I counted 38 weeks. Isn't that so sad, though? I'm already... You already, you already have the countdown already, clock? yeah. Only well, 200 days of school till summer. No, Ooh. 180. There's 180 <laughs> school days. I like that you already have, know it. Yeah. One. I know one thing. I'm, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it. I don't remember if it's 180 school days with kids or if it's 180 school days just in general. It'd be interesting. I'm kind of curious to see since we're both new to living in a neighborhood with kids. Like, there's a lot of active kids in the neighborhood that are out doing things. I'm curious to see if that's going to, how that's going to change once the kids are back in school. Are we going to have to see kids during the week and then they're going to go hard on the weekends or if it's going to change at all? Oh yeah, because those kids can go so hard. I'm going to go play soccer all day long in the front yard so well, hard. Well, I mean, but I don't go hard. I mean, like, they're just out constantly till, from sun up to sundown. it seems like a lot of these neighborhood yeah. kids. They're, and since they're all, like, friends with each other, they're always like, We've seen kids, like, in our backyard. Like, what are you doing back here? Go to your yard. And then it makes you feel like a grandpa. You're like, get off my lawn. And just... Like, it's... We we have a nice neighborhood, so it's interesting to see how that kind of changes as these kids go back to school. Yeah. Well, and there's... I know our next-door neighbor um, works in the school district where the kids go to. So it's kind of interesting to hear from her... It's like I always wonder if she like sees any of those neighborhood kids in the in the hall and like do they freak out like how do they react to that? Well, it's always like it's I know it's like when you were a kid when you see your teacher in public if you like if you don't know them outside of school it's always weird. Yeah. It's like even though, like you know like they have normal lives they have families and stuff and some of them are parents of kids and also in your class or in the school so mm-hmm. it's just one of those things like my mom was a teacher but it's still was weird to like. Oh, here's my fourth grade teacher, like out of the grocery store. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Or the fact that like your parents are friends with a lot of your teachers. It's just. What? That doesn't always happen. Well, it's when you're when your parents are teachers. Like, it might come to a point like when we have kids that you might be being friends with your kids' teachers. It could it could happen. Uh, it depends if you're in the same district as the kids, obviously. But it's yeah. not uncommon. Right. Um. Yeah, where was I going? I was thinking of something while you were saying that. 180 days. <laughs> 180 days. That's all I can keep thinking. Let's look at one of those uh, tearaway calendars, like the one where they would do like a time lapse and the calendar no, sheets fall. then I would get in trouble because they'd be like, oh, stop being so pessimistic. School's supposed to be fun. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I'm sure one of the kids that I knew from last year that I have would be like, yeah, because he, he's definitely one of those kids that's like, I hate school. And he says it so matter-of-factly. I'm like... Well, too bad. You still have to get through it until you're 18, and then you can do whatever you want. I wish you could check into some of your kids that were so excited about going on to the next uh, school. Like, I obviously, know. we can't say names on here, but I know it's probably one of those things. Yeah, like- I had so I had students for 
the last two years I had the same four kids and two of those kids actually graduated they're in high school now and it they actually actually the high school did start on Monday and like you saw it was kind of funny because we were still doing our institute day or like as we were leaving um, to go home you see like the kids you'd be like oh my gosh I remember that kid he was in eighth grade last year oh my gosh I remember that kid from two years ago and like and it's just weird that there's like I'm gonna be working with those kids and I'm gonna if I continue to be at this school because I'm gonna be in eighth grade I'm gonna be like oh my gosh that's one of my students I had them in the year 2018 2019 they're walking down the street and like acting like maniacs like freshmen and it's just like it's very I'm I'm kind of nervous to be like that but I know obviously that's something that happens because mm-hmm. your kids don't stay the same age no it's like my grandma taught forever and had second generations like she had her kids kid like she had stu- her students kids for the same grade level like 20 years later it's just it's kind of how things go if you're a teacher for a long enough time you and you're in the same area, that cycle can happen. But I feel like teachers these days don't stay at the same school no. too very long. No. Unless they get, usually later in their career, but not like, teachers your age probably shuffle around a couple times. Like I, yeah. I've had, I have one friend who's a teacher who's on like his fourth school in four years or something. Like it's just, yeah. some teachers move a lot. It's just kind of how it goes. Well, and it's just, it's hard because you want to find the place, like as a teacher, and I feel like anywhere, you want to find the place where you feel most comfortable and, you know, for a certain amount of time, one place maybe that feel that way for you. But then, you know, it's amazing how one year can kind of change your whole perspective on certain schools. Because especially for me, like I remember my I was worried going into my second year of teaching, I was like I had. Before my second year, I was looking for other jobs, and I'd gotten close to some places, but never really, never kind of hit the nail on the head with anybody. And so, like, I almost, I went into my second year, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm going back to a place, I was very worried about how it was going to go, because, I mean, my first year teaching, I felt like was kind of rough, in terms of, like, there was just a lot of things going on that I was not expecting to deal with. It's in culture my first shock, year. too, right? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of culture shock, but then it's like, then I made friends, and then you're like, sometimes it makes it a little harder to move on, but then it's like, you gotta, there's always that double-edged sword when it comes to it. But even from my first to second year, there was a huge difference, and like, I mean, at first, like, going into the second year of school, or of teaching, I was like, alright, by March of next year, I'm gonna be starting to look for jobs, blah, 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 but when it actually came to that time, I'm like, you know what, I kind of, I'm okay with this, because there were a couple of changes in terms of, like, we had gotten a new superintendent, and she had changed a lot, like, she was focusing on getting us good at a certain number of things, and it's like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, so I'm like, maybe I need to stay and figure out, you know, kind of see what she's about. And I think, and it helped too, because I actually had worked with her in a previous school district when I was still um, an instructional aide. Um, and now working with her, kind of like, a, I mean, she is the big boss, but it's nice that in a small district like I'm in, you can email the superintendent and you don't get her assistant. You, or his assistant, you get the superintendent. And she is very prompt with um, with emails and 
uh, like, I even have her cell phone number. Like, I can text her if I have any, like, pressing issues that, you know, occur on a random basis. And, you know, nobody at my school can do anything. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, I feel like everybody in the district right now, and it's what I need. Some people don't need that support from administration. They don't feel like they need it. But I feel like I do because it's, like, I want to do well at my job. Right. And these administrators have done it before. So it's, like, I go to them to seek guidance because I feel like they've kind of mastered what they're doing and they're on to, like, more leadership role. And I feel like that's part of their job. Right. I think that's the true thing. Like, we're kind of lucky in the age where technology is so much further. Like, we all have numbers in our phone for our bosses or something. We can end up with more of a personal relationship than we had for our parents' generation. Like, you were the one saying, like, sometimes your superintendent or some of your, um, the higher-up teachers would email back at, like, 11 p.m. or will text you or whatever. They'll... Con- like, it's on a although, 9 to 5, like, some... Although I don't answer. Right, right. Sometimes it's people realize that, like, when I'm there, I'm on, like... I'm... Where I am in my job, it's one of those things, like... I check my email all the time when I'm not at home or if I'm on vacation or something. Like, I'm traveling, I'll just... I'll send a quick message back and my supervisor can text me and I'll text him back if... It's just the way things... And I think... Like how you were saying earlier, sometimes even if you didn't like the job or what you were doing, you felt such a strong connection. That's the double-edged sword of it that you could love the people, not love the job, and you have to kind of make that choice. Like, I'm not going to see these people again when I move. It's not like... You feel close. You almost feel like family, but at the same time, it's like, this is still a job. I still need to look out for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, with my old job, like, I loved the people I worked with, but it, the job wasn't... I didn't feel valid. Like, I didn't feel valid. The job, there wasn't upward potential. I wasn't using what I went to school for. It was just... I had to make the change, but it still felt hard. Like, you get a little choked up wanting to leave that place because you spent years bonding with these people and you didn't know them. And it's like, it feels like you're leaving and, like, never, like you're just leaving never seeing them again. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of like, it's kind of like the summer camp effect. Like you, Yes, I totally agree. And, I mean, it even happens with kids, too. Like, you know, there's certain, like, when a kid moves, like, if you know a kid is moving and they're, like, and it's the end of the school year and you're, like... You know, after this time, you know, I'm never going to see this kid again. And you just get, like, upset. Like, I know um, the end of the the last day of school um, this year, we, um, so what we do at the end of the day on, for um, my school is that we do a bus parade because a lot of our kids are on buses. So we, um, all the teachers go out to the front where all the buses are. And the buses make a huge ruckus. Like, once all the kids get on the bus, they make a huge ruckus. They play music. Like, teachers get all excited. And it's really fun. But, like, some kid, like, some of the kids got really emotional. Like, one kid came up to one of my friends who's a librarian. And she's just sobbing. And we're like, what's the matter? Like, it's summer. Get excited. And she's like, I know, but I'm moving. And I'm not going to see you guys again. And I just, like, it breaks your heart. You're like, I mean, imagine she's feeling like that with the teachers. Like, imagine how she feels with, like, the other kids. That she's, like, her like, friends and stuff. Especially if they've, like, grown up together. And, like, ugh, it's just sad. Yeah. It's almost like the high school effect, too. Like, these eighth graders, they're going to be the, there's going to be, They've gone to school, some of these kids, since pre-K. And now, all of a sudden, you go to the high school where there's four, five, six different middle schools that feed into it. And then you kind of lose your 
um, I don't know, like lose yourself, like your identity in terms of the school. I know that sounds really weird, well, but it's, it's like you have that connection with people and then you kind of lose it because you have so many other people that you can, you know, be friends with. Right. It's you that, have so many options, but sometimes yeah. the options are not what you're used to, I guess. Yeah, school is all kind of like, at least like, kind of, I always thought it's like you always go from... Like, I remember, like, being in school, and I thought, like, oh, fifth grade, you're the top dog in school, then you go to sixth grade, you're back at the bottom, and there's a ton more people in the school, and then eighth grade, you're the top of the school again, and then freshman or high school, you're back at the bottom, and there's a ton more kids there. And then when you go to college, it's, everyone's kind of on an even playing field, it seems like. Except for the freshmen. Except for, like, but really, once you're there, everyone's kind of, there's freshmen, sophomores, juniors, students, a lot in the same classes, especially in your freshman level. A lot of those introduction classes, you have seniors that are looking for an easy A, and you have freshmen that are new to this whole thing. And yeah, I the only like... the only reason, the only way you can tell who's old is depending on how they're dressed when they're going to class. Yeah, freshmen always really dress nice for school, and all the upperclassmen are in like pajamas, sweatpants, just roll out of bed look. Like, yeah, I feel like once like when it comes to college, like literally, you're just it's completely different from when you go like. You transition from elementary school to middle school to high school because literally you start over. You could literally come. I knew people that went to Bradley that like literally they were the only person from their high school that went there. And it was just like a whole new thing. Well, yeah, like you. <laughs> like I wasn't the, like there are people ahead of me that have gone that went to there. But like I was the only one from my grade who went there. A lot of people went to U of I, which is it was one of those things like. Like, I think we talked about this before, but it's like when you go, so like when you're picking a school, it's not about, sometimes you don't, you're already turned off from a school if you know a lot of your friends went like, oh, I don't want to go to SIU because like half my, I feel like half my class is going there. Or the same reason don't want to go to the community college because like all the kids that you didn't really hang out with are going there. It's just, but we're kind of getting off topic with the whole back to school thing, but it's all school related, so it all kind of works. Yeah. But it's just, I know it's, it's the different feeling like when you're a teacher and I get to learn a lot about how life is a teacher just from being with you and seeing how all that is. and Yeah, like how I really want to go to bed and it's 9 o'clock and you're like, no, we have to stay up. And I'm like slowly fading away. Right. I'm you're like, like, I'm tired. I was up at, you know, 6.15. Even though I'm, I was up before you today. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's like it's I those... had to interact with humans all day long. Adults. Well, the rest of the world. Adults, <laughs> yeah, adults and children and you know, it's stuff. It's one thing we have to get used to is that we're both very different sleep schedules. Like Liz is gonna go to bed when we're done recording this, and I'm still probably gonna pee around for at least another hour or so before I even come to bed because I, I got stuff understand. I need to do. And like, even when like when I was living at the house before Liz moved in, it's like, oh, when you go to bed, it's like I went to bed like eleven, eleven thirty because I was doing this, that, and you're like, you were puttying at eleven o'clock at night. It's like, I yeah, it's like I was asleep for two hours at that point. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah, but I can run on a lot less sleep than Liz can. Like. If Liz had the same amount of my sleep, she would probably murder me. Yeah. Well, the thing is with, like, being a teacher and stuff, especially on the first day, you have to be so happy. And I mean, that's... Well, I mean, you got to be excited. And, like, I am excited because it's a new school year, new job, new kids. But at the same time, you're, like, then you have to start all over with, like, your introductions and getting to know the kids. And, like, I'd rather... Like, some of the kids, like, I know of... And I've been around before, and, like, it's just, like, I just want to jump in. I just want to get going. I just want to figure out what 8th grade is all about, because I've never taught 8th grade before. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I feel like it's a different thing. It's not, like, I remember the teacher's the one job where, year into year, it's not kind of the same. A teacher, yeah, no. each year, because 
even if we're teaching the same subject, you have a different set of kids, which is a whole other set of circumstances. It's not like, well... And, no one is this. No year is exactly the same. Like even you had two years where you taught the same four kids. Those two years are still very different because oh, kids yeah. change. Oh, Especially yeah. when you're in middle school, kids are going through puberty. Kids are going are testing boundaries with their parents and testing boundaries at school, and you're dealing with very different kids than you saw even four months before that. Yeah, I mean, even sometimes when like kids go on winter break too or spring break, like they'll come back, like and a kid will be two inches taller than they were when you saw them last time, or like. Their voice changes, or they get an attitude, which is, like, the worst thing that can happen is they decide that, I'm going to start rebelling right now. Right. And you're just like, no, no, just go back to the way you were. Everything was fine before, and now you're just going to ruin it. And that's, like, and that's going to be a challenge for you, since you teach special ed, is that you have to be able to handle kids that, like, middle school, what they're getting big. Like, you had a kid in your school that was, like, my size. Like, a kid oh, in your yeah. class that, like, if he wanted to, if he didn't want to be in your class, or he, if you were in the way and he wanted to do something... He could easily, luckily, hurt, yeah, get in your way, push you down. Mm-hmm. He could, he's because I was, I'm, Scott. so I'm five six, and I had a kid that was like six feet six one, like this kind of like string bean kind of kid, and like, I mean, he had some pent up anger, and if like there were a few times where I was worried that he he was never like a violent towards others, he was more like a violent towards himself, but or, it wasn't even or that objects, much. right? It wasn't like he would break things. Yes. So he, I mean, it's it's scary when you're short and, I mean, it's very different when you're, if you're an elementary school teacher and all the kids are going to be shorter than you right. when you have them. But then in middle school, then you worry, you have to worry about, okay, this kid was 5'5 five five when I, when we started the year and now he's six feet. Because sometimes that actually happens. Kids have six inch summers or winters or whatever, like... I got all of my height. Like I didn't get it gradually. I had a I had a six inch summer. That's just what happens to certain kids. Some grow like an inch a year, and some kids just get all their height at once. It's mm-hmm. just. But I think that's going to be interesting. That's probably why there's such a demand for men in the special education field is because they're going to be always, in most of the cases, always a little bit bigger than the kids. Right, especially with middle school, high school. Like I don't know if I could ever, as much as I would love to teach high school because I think it's kind of a whole new ball game when it comes to those kids but it's like because you're preparing them for life yeah you're preparing them for life it's a whole different thing and like now but if they're more like behavioral where there's um where there's a threat of violence that's when i would get really nervous and what's interesting and kind of i don't know if this is funny or not but a lot of like I feel like a lot of the high school teachers, special ed teachers that I've known in the past have actually been very short and, like, petite women that, like, just, they deal with, like, the most violent and most needy kids. And I'm like, how do you even stand up to these kids? And it's because they've got big personalities. Right. And they can handle themselves. I don't know if I could do that. But, hey, props to those teachers who can handle those things. Like, there's, I know there's, like... Five foot nothing teachers who deal with high school kids and put them in their place. Like yep, more power, yeah. Like more power to them if you can handle that. That's great. Mm-hmm. We need more people like you. Right. There's definitely. I feel like like I've hung out with unit teacher friends like late night when they're venting about stuff, but it seems like it's a generational shift since when we were kids of kids's attitude towards being in school and listening oh, to the teachers, and a lot of that I think has to do with getting discipline 
at home. Like, if they don't respect their parents, they're not getting disciplined by the parents. They're not going to respect a teacher. Yeah, and that's the thing that's very sad. I feel like the that core values are being more placed on, oh, you're the teacher, you should teach them, when really it should be a combination of teachers and parents. And I think it's just the shift. I think that with technology, it's very easy to put an upset kid, put him on an iPad, put the TV on, and just kind of avoid the situation instead of trying to figure out, you know, why are you angry? Or, like, kind of explaining why a certain, like, explaining consequences and stuff. Because a lot of times when you, like, if, like, for me, like, I wrote kids up because they were just being plain rude. Like, and it's just to a point where I'm like, you need to knock it off. And they just wouldn't listen. I'm like, you know what? And then they get upset when I write them up. Like, and they have to go to detention. They're like, you're so mean. I'm like, you know what? You were being mean. You were being disrespectful to an adult. And if I, you know, at, when we went to school, if that was like that, like, you could get in a lot of trouble for talking back to a teacher. And I feel like now, especially in middle school, a lot of kids can get away with a lot of... They can right. get away with a lot now. And they'll play it up with the crocodile tears to make you feel sorry for them. Oh, I saw lots of crocodile te- tears my first two years, and I have a feeling there's going to be more this year. But now you're, but you're prepared for it now. And I oh, feel like, yeah. I have no mercy. No. And I, I feel know, like you I... have to... You have to be the... Not the hard ass, but you have to be immune to that. Because I feel like a lot of first-year teachers fall into that thing of like, am I... My being too hard on them. Like, you don't have a frame of reference. You're like, oh, they're just playing me because they know they can get away with it. Well, and that's what I figured out towards the end of my first year of teaching. I was like, I seem like such a freaking pushover. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that way my second year. And I started off right away. I think, like, I gave my first write-up maybe in, like, within the first two months of school when the year before I hadn't given out none. And I had started off, like, the first month of school. I'm like, this is, like... You need to know how to act. I feel like that's super important because I feel like once some of these kids start going into the working world, it's going to be, like, it's going to be horrible. You're going to have, like, really, like... Like, try crying to your boss and see how that helps your situation. Yeah, or, like, like crying because you were being, like, rude to a customer, like, while you were working and expecting the boss to be like, oh, that's okay. Like, no, you're going to get fired or at least, like, in trouble. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. And, like, I think the same thing when you're talking about how the respect thing with kids, a lot of it has to do with, like how we said, like, with parents. But some, like, I think there has been a shift since we were kids of parents now believing the kid over the teacher in a lot of cases. Like, there's that comic that shows the, um... Parent-teacher conference. It's the parent-teacher conference where it's, like, it's the, it's the teacher on one side, the parent and the child, and the parents look at the child saying, uh, like, what are you doing wrong? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And now it's the teacher, or now it's the parent and the kid yelling at the teacher, what are you doing wrong for the same situation? Because now, like, you had the issue with one of your kids last year where their guardian had thought you were the worst teacher ever, even though it's just because the kid, you were putting up with the kid shit the whole year, and how she thought that kid could walk on water and get away with whatever. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's just... It's definitely a huge shift, and it's something that I'm still getting used to. And it's always, like, I've always wondered, I kind of want to pick the brain of, like, some of the teachers who've been teaching for, like, 20 or 30 years and be like, when did you notice this huge shift in, like, mindset of the parents? Or has it been always? I mean, at least for, like, the old the teachers that have been teaching for 20 or 30 years. 
So, I mean, it's very interesting. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, it's... I feel like I, I don't know a lot about this whole thing. This is, I've been in the, the workforce since I've graduated, even when I was still in school. Like, I've never really been an educator. Like, the clothes I've come to is not like I would volunteer at to help with, like, little kids at, like, camps and stuff. But, like, that's the best I've come to being in a teacher-type role. But mm-hmm. Liz does the day out, and God bless her, because I could... I... Oh, that I could do it. I've helped out mm-hmm. at those little... at some of those school events and that's like sometimes stressful enough and that's even a whole nother environment see i like doing what with like the like after school activities i like doing those i don't know why but it's just like it's fun to seeing the kids in a in kind of like a different environment because i feel like school and after school are just so completely different with kids and it's just it's fun i enjoy it i like doing the i love chaperoning dances that's usually what i do i like getting roped into those chaperoning dances hey it's fun because i like the halloween one the halloween one's my favorite yeah i really like that one just because they they do the haunted the the haunted maze and they do kids all dress up and it's i feel like those like the valentine's and stuff kids are i feel like for kids in middle school are dressing a little too adult for my liking yeah but i think that's really i'm just getting older and i'm like you're 12 you shouldn't be dressing like that yeah like you should i remember like what the kids like the boys and girls dressed up for dances when i was in middle school and it's like it's not that mm-hmm. i think a lot of it's just the culture we live in now things yes. are just changed and they're seeing like makeup tutorials and you should be wearing this and not this and contouring and all that crap that like we didn't get when we were kids and yeah. i don't even know about that because i'm a guy but that's just stuff you just get inundated with with social media and stuff and yeah. people i love are... those pictures like me when i was in middle school and then middle schoolers now and they're completely different and it's just like... like braces and chunky highlights and like half braids with long hair down and then like a weird long sleeve dress and boys with braces that are two feet shorter than their date and all that yeah all the fun yeah now they look like at least supermodel at least one that hasn't changed is boys and girls will still be as far apart at the dance as they can be which i think is something that hasn't changed in middle school which is the best part and sometimes you'll have a couple brave people that'll dance together or they'll dance in a group and then towards the end of the night people they start mingling a little bit together or they're in like groups of like oh it's four boys and five girls or they're all kind of just hanging out in a big group because they're friends, and I don't know. It's it's always fun, mm-hmm. but some things won't change with school. But I feel like in the age of social media and all that, it's gonna be like there's kids with like nicer phones than I have. I'm like, I know it's your parent bought you that phone, but they should give all kids their first phone should be a flip phone with like six numbers in it, just so they get used to it. Give them the internet, but give them the one that they have on the little browser with not a touch screen. They have to navigate it that way. Oh my god! I think everyone. I think, I think everyone should be tor- like your first one was like a razor. No, I had the LG. I had the free phone. So like when my mom got a new phone, she got a free phone to go with it, and I got the free phone, and it was, it was no touch screen, right? They didn't even have touch screen when I got my like, cell phone. You were, I, got you even, I don't think you didn't have touch screen in college at first. No, you had, you had your Blackberry. No, well, no, I had an LG Shine, which was lit. Or no, was that the LG Shine? That was before that. Then I got something that was similar to... It was still an LG, but it was very similar to a sidekick, but it wasn't a sidekick. Okay. And then I broke that over Thanksgiving, (laughs) and then over... I believe... I think it was over Black Friday was when I got my... I got it my freshman year. I got a Blackberry. And then 
I don't even think I got my iPhone until junior year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you did either. Because I remember you had the BlackBerry and had so much issues with it. And you had like three different ones in like one year because they kept having issues with like the mm-hmm. little ball didn't work or the buttons kept having issues. Like yeah. I remember my first phone I got for my like 16th birthday was just a little flip phone. Didn't even have a camera. It was just a just phone. Or maybe it had just... And then just had the regular 9. And then I had a, one of those ones that you could open it vertical you don't put it sideways to use the keyboard and i remember that that was so cool i remember my brother used to have these big brick phones that you could fold in half to like have all that stuff and yeah technology has changed so much but i think yeah kids they should get an old like you've seen those videos they share like i remember watching the video the other day of like kids trying to use a rotary phone and being like so confused by mm-hmm. like thinking that oh they can dial it, then lift up the receiver and kids don't even know what a receiver is anymore that's Thing. Or like yeah. the fact that like the save icon looks like a floppy disk, and but they it, don't know that floppy disks were actually what you stored stuff on. When like fifty megabytes was a big value at one point in time, and now, now people have don't. terabyte SD cards, micro SD cards they can stick in their phone. Like times are changing, and I don't know how we got on this topic. I think it was just because kids are spoiled by technology these days, and like yeah. it used to be like kids would be roughhousing in restaurants. Now they just hand them a tablet, and they're staring at a screen while everyone else is eating dinner and then they get addicted to technology. Like, I don't know. Give them dial-up internet, give them a flip phone. That's how they should get used to technology. If you want to look, <laughs> if you want to use Facebook, let it load for 30 minutes, then see how important that post was. Ha! <laughs> I like that. That would be a big you, wake-up call. Our parents are, or our children are going to hate us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but I feel like kids, all kids hate their parents mm-hmm. at least one point or another. Yeah. Except us. We loved our parents. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, speaking of technology, there is one thing that I like about technology, and that is that it's easier for, at least for teachers, to kind of reach out for help because um, in terms of, like, we don't have a lot of money to spend on the kids, and we're expected to do so much for them, but we don't have the means to do it. So I love that there is there are websites out there like GoFundMe and Donors Choose that can help you kind of broadcast what you need. And people are nice enough to donate. And I've actually made... I had one... Or actually, I had two um, Donors Choose projects that got fully funded. And one of them was like for books that I needed for my classroom library because my kids were improving so rapidly that I didn't have books that they could just pick up and read without them being super easy. Mm-hmm. And then we did um, a coffee cart, which helped out um, kids that have more um, issues with socializing and verbalizing and um, intellects and things like that. And so that was a really cool program of getting that coffee cart started and the kids got to, um, they, they got to like learn how to count change and customer service and things like that. And it's really, it's really cool. And I feel bad punning this, but, um, I actually have a donors choose project going right now that is helping to continue the coffee cart that we started last year so that we can so we can continue to have the kids um we can have continue to have the kids work on their social skills and their money skills and things like that and you know 
I want to keep doing it, even though, granted, I'm not the one running it anymore, but um, I want the teacher that is running it to be successful and to continue it because we saw huge improvements um, with some of the kids that were struggling before. Well, that's one thing you saw. It, was, it became a reward. Like, they wanted to be better behaved so they can do the coffee cart because if you took the coffee cart away from them, they would be upset. Right. Like, it, it worked better than any other incentive that you had mm-hmm. going for you. Because they liked... It was different. They got to walk around the building. They got to socialize with different teachers that they don't have in class. And, um, I mean... And the kids, the other kids that saw them working, they're like, oh, that's so cool. I wish we could have some coffee. Or We also did um, custard, too, because the local Culver's actually donated custard for us to sell to the teachers as well um, to help us out. And it was just awesome. I hope I can keep, we can, not me, but that the, um, the teacher that's doing that program now can continue to do it and hopefully the project can go through and we can keep going with it because I think it's awesome. Yeah, it it worked really well. I know you even got honored by the school board for all the work you did. I know. That was like the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me because I don't like Spotlight at all. And (laughs) I got a big one because I've never been to a board meeting and I know that's like a big teacher no-no, but um, I had never been to one and... You know, and then I end up bringing my entire family with me to watch me get a medal. Yes, and you did. You got, you're like, I'm just going to get a, a handshake. And I'm like, no, you got a medal too. A very nondescript medal. But yeah. still, but there's, it's at uh, donorschoose.org. Um, the link's kind of weird, but if you search Sturba, uh, Liz's last current last name, S-T-R-B-A, <laughs> you can find her classroom. Or you can look it up under Culver's Coffee Cart Restock. And it, I think we're going to try and post it. Um, on the Adulting Ain't Easy site because it expires on September 6th and I would hate, we're very close to our goal. Um, our goal is $346 to restock the cart and we need $133 to finish it up. So it would mean the world to me if we could get that little push that we need to kind of get there. Cause I know the kids would be very, very excited to know that their favorite activities coming back. Right. The link will be listed in our podcast description where all your podcasting services are, and the links will also be posted on our socials at uh, Adulting It Easy on Facebook and Twitter, and I don't think we're on Instagram yet. No. I don't think so. But definitely check us out there. I'll definitely be doing the plugs on that, and I'll be plugging on my personal feed as well for friends who listen to this can check the link out. Definitely very close to the goal. I know I'll be uh, donating because I haven't done it yet, but I definitely want to get on to this push because I saw the effects of the kids that Liz had that I got to meet and kind of work with a little bit. So definitely donate. It's uh, it's for a great cause. You know it's going to benefit kids in a lower uh, a lower income area, kids with developmental disabilities that are using this definitely to grow in what they're doing. It's a whole new set of kids this year. Or mostly a new set of kids. Yeah, there's some new. There's about half and half. So it's it's definitely something I think we want to see grow. And if it, Liz put Liz and the teacher board put a lot of effort in getting this off the ground. Liz more so, but that's a whole other story. But I definitely want to see this move on now that Liz isn't directly involved, but still give this new teacher who's taking over the class the same chances that Liz had. Yeah. So, but I think that'll do it uh, for our kind of our shameless plug this week, but it is for a good cause. But you can check us out, like I said, on all of our socials. You can listen to other podcasts on the network. Uh, you can listen to me. Uh, Foodies Watching Movies is on 
our uh, season break right now, but it'll be back in the fall. I have two other shows that I kind of broke off from the Poor Report, so you can listen to Poor News next week, and Poor Entertainment uh, had its first episode yesterday, so you can listen to that. A lot of fun topics in there, so if you don't we like political news like Liz does. You can listen to Porn Entertainment where it gives you the music, movies, TV, all that fun stuff. I that... thought you said porn and P-O-R-N oh, God. and I'm just like, ah, oh, that is not, I don't like that. Oh, don't God, that. that would be really awkward. No, Porn Entertainment. Last name is poor, P-U-H. P-U-H-R. So it's... Like you're poor, like you're right. broke. It's not rich entertainment, it's porn entertainment. <laughs> not porn, that would be really weird. Another podcast starting next year. No, mm. no, that would be terrible. Nate, don't get any ideas. Um, but I think that'll do it for Adulting Ain't Easy this week. I am... I must say I'm Liz. I'm Andrew. <laughs> you must be tired. I can remember my name. My name is Liz. It's it's her name. It's been a long day. We both had a long day. We had Catholic classes and all that fun stuff because we're getting married. Like, anyone who listens to the show knows. We've talked about it in previous episodes. We'll probably talk about it again as it gets closer. Because we will have our season finale probably right before the wedding. So... And then when we come back, it'll be all probably about post-wedding stuff. So lots of fun there. But thank you all for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with new content for a topic that we haven't decided on yet because we come up with these kind of last minute when something comes to our heads. But thank you all for listening. Have a great week.